The best rugby insight and analysis. I mean, what do you say before a World Cup final? <laughs> you don't know what do you say. Oh, lads, it's a big game. We better win this one. Oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah. not I thought. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Okay, full time here in Semple Stadium, and it is Limerick twenty-five points, Tipperary twenty-five points. Tommy, some game that. Ah, it was some game from start to finish. Like um, Limerick started like a train. After less than a minute, Aaron Galan had the ball over the bar. And we were saying, is this Limerick? Are they back? And Tipperary, as they've been doing since under the Liam Cahill era, they're very fit, they're very young, enthusiastic, with, the, I suppose, the wily old Foxes, Bonner, Maher, and Noel McGrath, and pulling the strings as well. But it was some game from start to finish. We were all wondering at half time, how many times have we seen it? Limerick coming out in, in the second half and just blowing this Tipperary team a, apart. But they scored four points in, in, in the first five minutes of the second half. It looked like on we go here again. But no, Tipperary just stuck at it. Great heart, great determination and great, you know, balls into the corner. And they stuck at it for the 70 minutes. And listen, in, in fairness, in the end, it looked like Tom Morris was after getting the winner for Limerick. And I said, you know, true champions, the way they responded. But no, there was still more drama to unfold. And up still stepped John McGrath. Oh. You know, he was a sub, only on gee, a couple of minutes. And I felt it was a very, very difficult free to take, even though he's been taking frees for years. Yeah. To do that after coming on so, and over the bar, fair play to him. You know, a great game and a great result. And he took a heavy belt just before he had the free, didn't he? He did, and there were question marks around who's going to take the free. They were looking in, Callan, bring out Callan. Garrod was after going off, so he was after scoring nine points, eight frees before that. But he was after, you know, leaving the fray. And um, no, Liam Carl was pointing in. He wanted McGrath to take it. He knows what's in the McGraths. He's see, seen everything that the Noel and John and all the Lockmore boys have won over the years, hurling and football, and then Tipperary, a couple of all irons as well. Mm-hmm. So he knows what's in him. And um, look, simple stadium. He's done it probably many times here in the past, John, and uh, straight over the black spot. Interestingly enough, uh, down in the tunnel there, it seems that both Liam Cal and John Kiley didn't want to come out and speak to the media. Neither of them lost, neither of them won. Why would you think that is? Yeah, well, listen, I suppose from a player's point of view, in the media, you don't understand it because you want to, you know, you have a job to do. You want to get the news out to the, to the, to the people of Ireland. You want to get their, you know, what do they think? The, the, the managers that are closest to the action, what do they think of it? And absolutely, it's a, that's entirely acceptable that the media, you know, want uh, the, the managers' views and things. And from the other side of the fence then, I suppose, where I was before coming here, the only thing you're thinking of is next week. It's yeah. an All-Ireland final for both of them. Um, if either of them lose next weekend, possibly they're out of the championship. Yeah. And um, that's, I suppose, where they're thinking of. They're not thinking of, I suppose, enlightening the people of Ireland on what went on in the match or their views. They're just thinking, how do we get uh, ready for six or seven days' time? How do we keep our team in the, the race for the McCarthy? You have to look at Kylie. They're going for records here. Mm. You know, like, they're going for, in Munster, they're going for the five in a row. Uh, in the All-Irelands they're going for four in a row Kylie's up there with, with four All-Ireland titles himself he's second to, to Brian Cody already in his you know in his managerial career yeah. so he wants more and Liam Cal obviously is an all he won you know these guys are winners they've done it in the past so I think they probably say listen no we're going to focus again it's not three weeks to the next match mm. which was when I was hurling and you have time you can give your views but it's a week and I think that's all they're thinking Who do you think could come out of here feeling like they've lost the game. You know, la- uh, when Tipperary played Cork, it's, it seemed like Tip had, had 
kind of lost lost the game in a sense, you know, the, and Cork earned a point. Tipperary maybe lost the point, you know. How, do you think both camps are nearly walking out of here today thinking we could have won that? Yeah, both teams definitely, but I, I would imagine Limerick are probably that bit more disappointed. Okay. When Tom Morrissey put the ball over the bar, it looked like this was it. And uh, they'd, they'd go up to the, the, the four points. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, I don't think it really mattered to Limerick after a clear winning. Um, obviously, it'd be great to get the points and maybe get to the Munster final. But to stay in the race, they have to be Cork next week anyway. Yeah. So I think that, that was important because otherwise they would have been hopeful that Watt would turn over Tipperary. Uh, so it, it's in their hands and it would have been regardless of the result, Limerick. For Tipperary, it's a huge point. Um, absolutely. I, uh, according to my calculations, the only way Tipperary can go out of the championship now is if it's a draw between Limerick and Cork. So I think it's a huge point because, you know, if, if it's 70 minutes gone next week between Limerick and Cork and there's only a point in it, you know, suddenly then. So listen, it's going to be huge, huge next week and uh, I think Tipperary will definitely be the happier with the point. Um, the talk around Limerick during the week was the rumour mill had started and Garod Hegarty had, had left the panel. And Look, you probably have had experience with this, that this, this stuff just happens when you're a team at the, at the peak of your powers. This kind of stuff... And does, you know, it, it happens a lot now because of social media. Yeah. Does that filter into someone's game? He, uh, Grode Hegarty just didn't seem, he didn't seem like he was on song today. And, he, and he, now he was, he was man-marked by Dan McCormack absolutely brilliantly today. But do you think that's seeping into him and some of the players? Or? Yeah, well, sure, listen, you, you hit the nail in the head rumours. There was rumours about rumours. There was rumours about rumours about rumours last <laughs> week. And, you know, kind of all centred about around uh, Grode Hegarty leaving the panel. I've heard Garrod in a lot of interviews over the last couple of years. He's an intelligent guy, he's an articulate guy, um, seems to have a good relationship and he knows the way Kylie runs the, the ship down there. Like if you're not performing or whoever's performing the best gets the start. Mm. And Garrod, I'd say, would know himself that uh, since the league final uh, he hasn't been playing particularly well. And then he, when, when he got sent off uh, in that match against Watford, he wasn't picked then for the next game. I'd say he knew that and he'd say he understood it and understood why. And I think... We, we seen out there when he came off, he was taken off uh, today, a big handshake from Kylie, yeah. a big pat on the, on the back, well done kid, uh, keep it going. Um, so, listen, I, I, never, I never believed in any of them rumours. When there's champions, you see, there's scrutiny, there's a focus on you. Um, and another point as well, like people ask, are Limerick dirty? And the way I look at it is, you see Tipperary today, giving it to him physically. You see clear the last day, giving it to him physically. When you're the underdog, it's great. You have great heart. Mm. Uh, you have great determination. You have great commitment. But when Limerick do it, they, they're dirty. Yeah. So, and, and it's not really Limerick. It's just the champions. It happened to us. It happens to the great soccer teams. It happens to, to teams when they're on top. People will look at them differently. And they're well able for that. And they have Caroline Curra there with them as well. So there's no problem to them. But the other, I suppose, point on Garrod Hegarty's performance himself, you see, it's very difficult. He's the man now that they're all trying to man. And Keane Lynch the same. They're running around man-marking these guys. Yeah. And I always felt when you're, especially the game that the half hours for Limerick plays, it's running. So as all as you need a, ba- a back, stay running with them. Mm. Stop them getting the ball. It's different if you're in the full line. There's a ball goes into the corner. It's a sprint. It's reading the game. If you're fouling, then it, it's a free. It's clear to see from from the for the referee. But when you're just running around around the middle of the field and there's a guy sticking to you, it's very hard to call a free there because he's not really fouling. He's just sticking with you, maybe tipping off you and stuff, putting you off your game. And Limerick's game around there is all run out, give the short hand pass, give the short stick pass out to. 
the three lads across the half hour line. Yeah. But that doesn't happen if you're being man marked, you see. So that's why probably, you know, Hegarty, they might have to put me in maybe on the full line or put Mouta maybe midfielder or, or something like that. But, you know, um, all in all, like Tom Morrissey is, is really pulling the strings for them at the moment. He scored. Bit, yeah, a bit of an unsung hero, isn't he? Oh, he is. Like, I was looking at him there today. Like, he scored another four points from play. Yeah. Uh, scored uh, the one that we thought was going to win it for Limerick. So, he's been fantastic. But I thought for the second half, uh, Carl, the, 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 the three players that brought him back into the game are their half-back line. Dearma Burns, Declan Hand, and Kyle Hayes. I thought they were absolutely super. Yeah. They were like a brick wall. Burns scoring them on and, and keeping the ball from going in. He's a brilliant man in the air as well. Mm. He comes and takes a free here. I'd say it was to level the game or put him behind up a few moments to go as well. Out here, 100 yards out and straight over the bar. He puts them over the bar like they're 20 months. Yeah. Uh, and Hannon, in fairness, Hannon, he was quite in the first half. He was absolutely awesome in that second half. Yeah. And, you know, it just uh, the character that they show him. But it, both teams, like, it was a ferocious effort and great Munster Championship match. Who impressed you for Tipperary? For Tipperary, the stars all over the field. Reese Shelley, the goalie. Yeah. We were all wondering, like, where did this guy come out with? Yeah. You know, Mike Carkey Boris. And uh, rang, you know, a few lads from Tipperary just to, you know, see. And they said, uh, playing brilliantly for the club. And uh, they said, the big thing with him, great shot stopper and great puck outs. His puck outs today were. Like, he was putting them into to, 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 to places on the field that, you know, like uh, Rory McIlroy wouldn't put a golf ball. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, look, he really showed why he was picked. He was absolutely awesome. Now, if he hit that a yard or two or it was a wet day, they could have been gone into the, the, the Limerick lad's hands. But t- today, he was absolutely awesome. Cottle Barrett, until he went off, it looked like a concussion, I'd say. He, yeah, he w- there, was a bit of a, there was a bit of a disagreement. Cottle wanted to come on, but it looked like the doctor was saying no, no chance. And that, that seemed to be the discussion down here. Uh, and I suppose as a player, you, you know, you just want to get back on the pitch, don't you? Oh, you do. Like that, that, that's no decision for a player to, to be. Like if you want arm falling off, you'd want to go back out and try and win a ball. Like you know, that's just the nature of the beast. It's why you're playing County Hurling. But yeah, Cottle went off, but you knew the doctor was just saying no, no, no. Yeah. And a fair as the doctor, fair play to him because it's not easy. You know, you could kind of just say, and you're still thinking of safety. Are you sure you're all right? And the player says he is. Well, should go on. I'll trust the player and let him on. Yeah. Doctor was here. No, I'm not taking any chances here. And I thought, I said it to you at the time, I said that could be a huge decision because Barrett was on Flanagan all day and we've seen the form Flanagan is in all year and he was absolutely brilliant. There was one unbelievable um, play, it was down near, near that goal there in the, in the town end and it looked like Flanagan was in twice. Barrett, flick, he dived at one time and stopped him and then he went back and dived and flicked it, rose it up and, and played it out and... It was just one amazing piece and did stars all over. Brian O'Mara was brilliant. I thought Dan McCormick, like he followed around Hegarty all day. Noel McGrath was the it was it was the wizard again. Like, you know, he seems to be getting better with age. And that ball he hit into Aww. the far her corner in the Arena stand was like, like, the messy stuff. Yeah, like that's like uh, I often read you know, I read books and I read articles and that and Alex Ferguson's interesting enough character to read, obviously, for obvious reasons, but very intelligent too and just said to to, to to win titles and win many trophies, you need one world-class player or two. But like, yeah. Noel McGrath, like that ball into the corner, that's world-class. Class. As Jimmy McGee had said. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was just amazing. And then I think it was Conor Bogue on the end of that. And like, he was super. Yeah, came on, with, came on. Came on. I think was it he came on for Bonner Maher. And you said it at the start, like, I was wondering, like, Bonner, like he's 32, 33 at the moment. I said, is this the game to be putting him in for against Limerick? And, um, by God, he answered that question. Yeah. He was just incredible. He was, you know, like a lad, 20, 21 years of age again. Just his hands, though. I always said it about the Bonner. Like, to talk about his work rate and that, 
his absolute hands the ball sticks to his hand like a, like a glove like a baseball catcher like it, it's yeah. just amazing and he made another great disposition came out on I'd say it was Dan Morrissey yeah. flicked it off but didn't just flick it off him back into his hand and won yeah, a free he, he kind of snapped it didn't he yeah yeah he's brilliant just amazing I, I, and it's the likes of him and Noel that have been doing it for years but they make the, the team tick don't they like they make Did the likes it. of Jake Morris and them get into the space and that's, that's how they find the space is, is from lads like them that can pop a ball out that no one else can see isn't it? yeah and caught, like you could run all day there's a lot of lads that run like there's Olympic athletes there you could put them out there and they'd run all day but if there's no one giving them the ball yeah. and like Tipperary they, like you listen to their interviews they've worked very hard by yeah. all accounts on their fitness they look fit because it's easy to say right that pass this pass but there has to be someone moving for it so they have the runners for it they've worked on that they have one all Irons minor under 20s under 21s uh, with Liam so they have the guys that can run and then they have these guys then passing them out the ball and like there was a, few, a couple of other players like Jim, Jake Morris five finds from play Mark Keogh at different times like mm. That game wasn't just one in the end. It wasn't one at the start. There was different moments during that game through the whole 76 minutes that that game was won. And different players stepped up at different moments. If you have to call it now, who is getting out of Munster? Obviously, now we know that Clare are safe and sound. They're into the Munster final after beating Cork today in Ennis. Who are the other two teams that are getting out, do you think? Yeah, well, I definitely think that was a valuable point for Tipperary because it's a dangerous game for them. The whole probably country will be telling them they're going to beat Watford after Watford not playing particularly well over the first couple of games. Well, they played well in the first game against Limerick, but since then they haven't heard particularly well. But Davy Fitz, like he will be fighting on his back in this last match. He will have them lads riled up. They need to start turning the tide at some stage, mm. Watford. Like when there was knockout championship during COVID, no round robin. They got to an all-earned final and all-earned semi-final. It only seems to be this round robin that seems to be yeah. a, a league or a championship that they can't seem to control at the moment. So they need to get one win just to get the you know the, the, the show back going again. So they will be looking at this I'd say as if it's a way through to the to the Munster Championship, the All Ireland Championship, even though they're gone. So it's a dangerous game for Tipperary. They could go in expecting a kind of a soft down match. They'll be anting but soft against that mm-hmm. Watford team. But um I think myself, um, they will win because Carl, that's the way he is. He, he didn't, uh, he, he'll prepare that team properly. So I think Tipperary will go through. Cork, or Clare are obviously through. So I think it'll come down to the winner of Cork and Limerick. And it's hard to bet against the champions. But you would say for Cork, the difference in them this year compared to other years is when they're getting beaten by four or five points, they don't end up getting beaten bit by six or seven points they bring it back today they brought it back and were very unlucky to lose yeah. Rob, you know they're still in the hunt at all times and um, so they will make it tough for, 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 for Limerick but I would expect Limerick to, to, to win that so at this moment in time Clare Tipperary Munster final and um, Limerick to go through in third place Lastly you were at Kilkenny and Dublin yesterday Um is there a big difference between the Munster Championship and the Leinster Championship at the moment? Do you think? Ah, yeah, 100% different seeing the championship. But I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't go along better hurling, or, but it's a better championship because they're all so, so even. But there's amazing news after coming through there now that Westmead are after beating Wexford. Yeah. Like, that's huge news because if Westmead, Antrim now are on one point, Westmead are on two points, they're playing each other next. If Antrim beat Westmead, it'll go up to three. Westmead and Wexford will be the only teams on two. Wexford will go down to Joe McDonough. Yeah. You know, 
So like, and they're talking about promoting hurling the last couple couple of um, couple of weeks, you know. So if that does happen, like you know, you'd be looking at changing that rule maybe because we can't have Wexford Town out of the Lee McCarthy, and that's no disrespect to any other team. It's just they're a hurling traditional powerhouse. You go back to the Nicky Rackards, you go back to the, all the Racker brothers, Tony Dorn, come up to the Martin Stories, Liam Dunn's. But listen, it might not happen. A lot of results have to happen for, for that to happen. But very disappointing for them. But huge uh, kudos to Westmead and the hurling that they're doing. And like the Beckel Kenny in under 21 a couple of years ago, they beat Wexford last year. And um, you know, they had a couple of bad results in this campaign, all right. But um, I think they're that's a huge. injuries as well, though, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, by all accounts, they're, they're missing a, a good couple of players yeah. and missing them for the year. So, but listen, huge congratulations to them because I know a couple of lads would have hurled with them in Shinty over the years in Railway Cup. The likes of Brendan Murta there and, and, and Owen Price, fantastic hurlers. Like, you know, if, if you took a jersey off them, you'd say they'd, they'd be playing for Cork or Dipperary yeah. Watford, super hurlers. And. Um, Clonkill, great club there up, up there too. Like we off, went up to play them in a Leinster League one year, and you know, going up to Westmead to kind of will win this one handy enough. to must have been, be about fifteen points. Yeah. Fantastic club, and um, seen him in under eleven tournament up in Kilmacock Crokes there last week as well. Under eleven team, great little team as well. <laughs> so listen, the future is probably bright there for Westmead and putting in a huge work. Well, some game we've just after witnessing here, and the Munster Championship is really living up to expectations. Full time here in Semple Stadium, Limerick 25 points, Tipperary 25 points.